Hi, this is Sarit Schwetzer, and welcome to the It Is Taught podcast, a podcast devoted to the teachings of Rabbi Schneir Zalman of Liadi, as recorded in his most famous work, the Tanya. My hope for this show is to make these teachings accessible and relatable to the average person, regardless of prior Jewish education or affiliation. The episodes follow the prescribed daily study portions and are meant to serve as practical lessons in how to live your life as your true self and develop an authentic and powerful relationship with your Creator. I have personally experienced the effects the study of this work has had on me, and I'm excited to share what I can of this knowledge with you. So please join me on this journey of learning, self-growth, and connection with your source. Hi, and welcome to the It Is Top podcast. This is episode 484 for the 28th of Adar in a regular year. So if you've been following along the podcast for the past little while, then you may have noticed that there's been a really, really strong emphasis that the Ultra Rabbit is placing on physical action. Yesterday's podcast was devoted to the whole idea of the power of giving staka, the power of charity, which is sort of like the epitome of physicality arguably the most physical of all the mitzvahs because it involves your entire self. Like your entire self was involved. Your entire being was involved in making that money if you worked for your money. And even if you didn't work for your money, if you inherited the money or you won the money or whatever, uh, the we use money to buy things usually to for ourselves, for to support ourselves, to give pleasure to ourselves uh, in many different ways. And instead, when we choose to use that money that we could have used on ourselves to spend on others to give charity, this is a way of really giving over our, our whole self for God. So you know, so th- this has been the theme for a while. It's just this idea, the the um, the focus on physicality, the idea that the whole purpose of the world is to make a dwelling place for God here in this physical world. So now the question comes about, and this is going to be the subject of today's episode, is why is it then that Jews are called the people of the book? So the altar Rabbi doesn't ask that question in, in that exact phraseology, but that's the basic idea. Like we know that what are Jews known for throughout the world? You know, sure, Jews are known for being very kind and being very active and stuff like that. But over and above all else, what do people think of stereotypically when people tend to think of Jews? They think of Jews as being smart, right? There's, you know, there's so many intellectual accomplishments. There's like this, you know, crazy disproportionate amount of noble prize winners that are Jews. Uh, I just looked it up. It's uh, 20% of Nobel prizes have been given to Jewish people, which is crazy given the, you know, the, the proportion of Jews in the world. It's, it's, it's really insane. Um, we know that, well, it's not politically correct to mention this perhaps, but Ashkenazi Jews pretty consistently score higher on IQ tests than other people in the world. And one of the explanations for this is that rather than it being simply a case of, you know, genetic inherent superiority, it actually has more of an epigenetic component to it, meaning to say that uh, this is a product of our longstanding history and our culture of emphasis on intellectualism, of emphasis within Judaism, traditional Judaism on Torah study, on sitting in yeshivas, studying, poring over Gemaras for hours and hours and hours, which if you've ever opened up a Gemara and tried to learn it, you see is really a, a, a crazy intellectual endeavor that surpasses any crossword puzzle or mind game that's out there. 
So there definitely is, we, you know, we all understand there's this huge focus on intellectualism within Judaism, this huge focus specifically on learning Torah. So that's what today's portion is going to address is this idea that as much as physical mitzvahs and all the more so giving staka, especially the, I, the mitzvah of giving charity really is kind of supersedes everything and it is kind of like the main point uh, we do have to address this idea of Torah study. We have to address the great value that is placed on Torah study and what that's all about. What did the sages mean when they taught, as we'll see, that Torah study is a very big deal and that Torah study in its own way actually supersedes all the other mitzvahs. So what? how do we reconcile these two things? What? What's this all about? So today we're going to really, really give that focus to Torah study and we're going to talk about what it is that Torah study actually has that is superior to all the other mitzvahs, even the mitzvah of giving tzedakah. So as in many things in Judaism, it really depends on what angle you take, what vantage point you're looking at. And so we'll come to learn that from a certain vantage point, indeed, we can say that Torah study is the most superior of all the mitzvahs. And in brief, and we'll get into the text in just a minute, in brief, we'll see that the Altar Rabbah actually uh, brings up two ways through which Torah study is superior than any other mitzvah. The first way that Torah study is superior to all the other mitzvahs is that only Torah study involves the minds, the intellect in uh, in a full way. And when, when, as we've spoken about in the Tanya, we know that we're made up of different faculties. We know that we have you know, three garments of our soul. We have the garments of thought, speech, and action. And then we also have, looks at, look at our soul powers. We have three intellectual faculties and then we have seven emotive faculties. And so when it comes to our emotive faculties, we know that our emotive faculties are very difficult to change. Like this, the whole subject of the Tanya is this idea that, you know, it's the book of the Bainani, which, which what that means to be a Bainani is, is, it's sort of like this realization that we're never going to be a tzaddik. We're never going to change our core nature. We're never going to change our impulse to want to do physical things. The best we can do is to have a sense of control over our impulses to be able to live life in a more mindful way. But the mind, on the other hand, the intellect, on the other hand, perhaps ironically, is something that we have a little bit more control over. So while we can't control our impulses, we can control what we do with our thoughts. We can control what we choose to focus on. This is sort of like the, you know, the, the angle that cognitive behavioral therapy takes is that it really starts with your mind. It really starts with, um, with telling yourself different things focusing on different things. What you focus on is what's going to guide your life in terms of your intellect versus what you're feeling that we have a lot less control over. So that's the one way that Torah study is superior to mitzvahs. And because Torah study is it focuses on the mind versus mitzvahs don't have that same focus. Mitzvahs are really more, I guess we could say emotion-based or action-based. And then the second reason why Torah study is superior to mitzvahs is because the mitzvahs are likened to being the limbs of God, as we've spoken about before. The 248 positive commandments are the limbs of the king. The 365 negative commandments, prohibitions are the sinews of God versus when we talk about Torah, what is Torah? Torah is unified with God. Torah is like the mind of God. So it's just like if you think about a person and you think about a person and their organs and their limbs and each part of them 
each each limb is definitely an essential component of the person really in a more essential space if we, you know what is dr- the driving force behind our movements behind our feelings what do we feel with we, we've spoken about this in other places in the tanya when we when you touch an object you touch it with your hand it's actually not your hands that's feeling the sensation of the object it's actually your brain that's translate translating this touch to something perceptible by you also if you move your hands your motor neurons this is uh, this is happening through your brain it looks like that it's like the arm that is doing the movements the feet you know when we walk we think it's our feet that are dictating dictating our walking when in fact it's actually your brain it's all coming from the brain so this is why also we see that torah study torah is has something over and above mitzvahs because mitzvahs while they're the limbs of the king torah is the essence of the king it's the mind of the king so with that being said let's get into the text and see how the altar of it explains all of this and we're still in this chapter 37 that we've been with for a while and we're going to be continuing with this chapter for today and tomorrow we're going to conclude it so here we go so the altar Rabbah begins today and he says you know this all this talk about mitzvahs and the priority of mitzvahs physical mitzvahs and how great they are how does this square with the famous teaching of the sages that uh Torah study is equal in weight to all the other mitzvahs. The origin of this teaching is from the Mishnah in Masachat Peah, chapter 1, Mishnah 1, where it says, Talmud Torah keneged kulam. Talmud Torah is equal in weight to all other mitzvahs. So how does the square with this idea? Like what, you know, is it mitzvahs that's more important or, or Torah that's more important? So uh, the altar explains this teaching that Talmud Torah is is equal in measure to all the mitzvahs, you know, that Talmud Torah really is this very, this highest thing in a sense. Um, it, it stems from the fact that Torah, what is Torah? When we learn Torah, what's affected? What parts of ourselves are engaged? Um, so we know again that we have these three garments of the soul. We have the garments of thought, we have the garment of speech, and we have the garment of action. As we've already explained previously, the garment of action is can, can be thought of as our external garment, whereas the garments of speech and thought are our internal garments. So th- since th- these internal garments, you know, there's something a little bit more like intimate about these garments. And these are the garments that are affected when we learn Torah is are more like inner garments. Also, not only are we, when we think about the garments, when we actually think about the makeup of the soul. So we know, again, you know, the 10 components of the soul, there's the three intellectual components and then the seven emotive components so when we're engaged in Torah study what is being affected is the three intellectual components right the Chochma Binadas and the Chochma Binadas it's specifically our animal soul the specifically the Chochma Binadas of the animal soul that you know is made up of Klipas Noga this this um this husk that is you know it's a it's an impure husk which needs to be elevated it's a type of husk that can be elevated because it's klipas noga but nevertheless it is a klipa and so when we engage basically when we when we learn torah study what we're doing is we're taking our coarse animal brain and we're uh, involving it in torah study and this allows for this coarse part of our brain this animalistic part of our brain to become encompassed within holiness 
So this is in contrast to the midos, to the emotional attributes, the emotive attributes, the seven emotive attributes. These seven emotive attributes of the animal soul of a person are a lot stronger. They're a lot coarser than the intellect. And thus, as we've learned, when it comes to a Benoni, a Benoni is incapable of transforming their emotions into being holy emotions. This is just outside of our realm. We're not able to do that, to take our emotive impulses and make them, to make ourselves impulsively feel like, you know, uh, wanting to do mitzvahs over and above wanting to eat chocolate and things like that. It's just not possible. We're human. This is the human condition. But uh, when it comes to our minds, our minds are slightly more refined. So that is the advantage of Torah study is that when we learn Torah, we're actually able to take our brains and we're actually able to encompass our minds in holiness in that moment when we're in those moments when we're learning Torah. And now the Ultra Rabbi goes on to say that now there's another reason why we can say that there's a certain advantage to learning Torah over and above keeping mitzvahs because the mitzvahs, so as we've explained in, um, we spoke about this in chapter 23 of Tanya already, that there's a teaching in the Tikkun Zohar that the 248 positive commandments are the 248 limbs of the king or organs of the king, depending on how you translate it. And so just like when we think about a person, so we think about, you know, a person has their, their, their organs or their limbs, like the different parts of their body. And then there's the brain and the, um, the mind, you know, which as we know, Kabbalistically, according to Chassidus, is made up of three parts, Chochmah, Bina, and Das. Um, and so, and there's, and you know, it's, it's incomparable when you think about the, uh, the vitality that's found within the body and that's found within the brain, it's incomparable. So, Right. So we spoke about this in the introduction that it's like when we think about, you, you know, you're walking, you're talking, you're doing all these things, you're touching objects, this vitality that's found in your body. It's really where is it all coming from? Where is your sensation? Where is your mobility? Where is your volition to want to talk and walk and all that stuff? It's all coming from your brain. So everything ultimately is subservient to the brain. So the same thing when it comes to God, um, you know, like a, to a much, much greater degree, to an infinitely greater degree, um, like, because we're comparing ourselves to God, but obviously with God, it's, it's a, we're, it's a totally much greater situation there that, we think about, you know, the mitzvahs, if we're saying that the mitzvahs are God's limbs, and then we talk about the light of God, the ultimate light of God, like the brain of God, so to speak, like the chokhmah bin das of the chokhmah of the Torah, which is, which is found in the Torah, there's no, you know, there's no comparison with them at all. So it's so again, like we explained in the introduction, so we see that the Torah is the Chokhmah of God and the mitzvahs are the limbs of God. So just like in a human being, our limbs are ultimately subservient to our minds. That's the limbs, you know, they're receiving all of the vitality from the mind. So too, when it comes to the mitzvahs in comparison with the Torah, the Torah ultimately is the ruling force. The Torah is the mind of God. And while it's true that, you know, Torah being the mind of God, it's like, we, you know, when we learn Torah, are we really, really understanding God? Like, are we really grasping God fully? Because as we've explained previously, God himself is ungraspable. And the amazing thing about learning Torah that you might have experienced yourself is that the more you learn, the more you realize you just don't know. You don't, you know, you 
it's infinite. It's like we learn and we learn and we learn and there's always deeper levels and we can't actually grasp the essence of God. Nevertheless, the miracle of Torah and the, the amazing thing about Torah is that Torah is likened to water, which falls from a high place to a low place and it remains the same water. So, you know, you think about like a waterfall or or a or a river or something like that where the water is flowing into all different crevices and things like that and it's the same water so that's what Torah is like is Torah is the same idea that Torah well yes it's true you know we're not you know there's some people that understand Torah some more some that understand it less and nobody's ultimately grasping God's Chochmah in the full sense in a certain way on the other hand we kind of are because it's like any little bit of Torah that you learn you're learning you're you're touching God's minds. You're touching God's wisdom. So it's so this is a this is an amazing gift that God gave us is in learning of the Torah. So that's the end of the section for today. And so this is sort of like a little bit of a parentheses part of this chapter, where you know this chapter again is just there's such a big emphasis on mitzvahs, on physicality, on the point of the physical world, and all that kind of stuff. And this is like just a little like conciliatory note to to remind us that you know. With all of this being said, we need to address the fact that learning Torah does have its own place, does have its own role, and an extremely important role in Judaism. And in a certain, from a certain angle, we can actually even say that learning Torah is um, is the most, the highest thing. So we'll continue tomorrow when we're going to go back and bring it back down to the mitzvahs because now you know we might be getting really confused and thinking like, okay, so if Torah really is so high. Torah is the mind of God. Mitzvahs are just the limbs of God. Where does that leave us with the mitzvahs? Why is it that the mitzvahs are so important? Um, and um, and how do we reconcile all of this? So stay tuned for that. And we'll address this tomorrow. And I will speak to you then. Thanks for listening to the It Is Top podcast, hosted by Sarit Switzer. This podcast is dedicated in loving memory of my maternal grandfather, Avraham Yitzchak ben Binyamin Cohen of Blessed Memory. Music by Shoshana. If you enjoyed this episode and would like to support the show, please share it with others and subscribe on YouTube, Apple iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And make sure to leave us a five-star review. To find out more about the It Is Taught project, including more information on my soon-to-be-published book, please visit our website, itistaught.com. To catch the latest from me, follow me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Looking forward to speaking with you tomorrow, and until then, have a great day.